excited about these next few moments and minutes together as we jump into God's word. If you have your Bibles, I have mine. You want to join me in the book of Isaiah. Uh, that's where we're going to be at tonight. And I promise I'm not going to take long, but Isaiah chapter 9. And uh, we will be in Isaiah chapter 9 in um, verse 6 there in just a few moments. Let me just say this as we're starting off. I don't know how life has looked for you uh, recently, how it was looking in your dorm room or in your home or uh, wherever it is that you stay at. Um, it's looked very different from my home and my family over the last uh, few months. In fact, about this time last year, we found out that my wife, she was pregnant. And uh, <laughs> not just pregnant, but you know, at this point, we found out that she was pregnant, pregnant, okay? And uh, specifically, she was pregnant with uh, two twin boys that um, are identical. And I got to tell you, as they're getting bigger now, it's getting a little bit harder and harder, even as the father, okay, to uh, differentiate who is who. I think we actually have a picture of the sonogram uh, that we took a little bit not long after we found out that my wife, uh, she was pregnant. I need to say that words fail to articulate um, how much me as a dad, I love these boys already. And uh, many of you know that we also have a, a daughter. Her name is Aria. She's our foster daughter, but we don't call her our foster daughter. She's our daughter. And uh, she will be with us as long as God chooses to, for her to be with us. And man, all of our kiddos are such a blessing. I often uh, get lost uh, in time, just staring at them, watching their every move. And you may think, Jay, that is so weird. But someday, if you're blessed to be a parent, you'll do the same thing, okay? <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I find myself you know, praying over them, begging Jesus to give them a heart that would love him and make him known to their generation. The same thing that I, I pray for for you, for those of you who make up the BCM fam. By the way, I think you may have even heard it tonight. If this is your first time here at the BCM, you only had to visit one time, okay, to be considered family. So welcome to the family. I pray, when I pray for I mean, all of our kiddos, I pray that their whole life would prove that God is good. It's been fun already to see a glimpse of myself uh, in, in, in my voice. Um, and uh, many of you may know a little bit about my story. And part of that is, is that I was adopted. I've actually never have met my biological mother or biological father ever before. And so up until now, eight months ago yesterday, I've never have seen any pieces of me and any other human on the planet before my boys were born. And so it's so crazy to physically see uh, pieces of me in them. And now as their personalities are coming out, um, even in parts of my personality, which is, uh, which is crazy. And those of you know me, you are going crazy. So my goodness, pray for these boys. I've also have thought a lot recently about the great responsibility um, of being a father. That's part of where even tonight's message is, is just birthed from out of an overflow of what God has been doing in my own heart. I've been so desperate for God's help. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you're just like, God, I absolutely need you? Anybody ever been like that before? Raise your hand if you've been like that before. Anybody? Have you ever been in a place where you're like, God, if you don't help me in this area of my life, I'm going to mess something up. That's exactly where I'm at right now. I'm just so desperate for God. I'm desperate for him as a follower of his. I'm desperate for him as a 
husband to my wife. I'm desperate uh, for him for his help as a father now. I'm, I'm, I'm desperate for his help as a ministry leader, as someone who, who gets to serve you, the, the, the next generation, who I believe is having so much impact even right now and, and today. And I know if I don't have God's moment-by-moment -moment help, I'm going to fail. Specifically thinking about being a father, did you know this, that there is a fatherlessness crisis in America today? Uh, there is a crisis in America. You're like, Jay, we can already tell that. <laughs> but specifically when it comes to the area of fatherlessness, it is a crisis. In fact, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, I don't want to bore you with a lot of statistics, but I think it's important to kind of set up where we're going. 19.7 million children in America, more than one in four, live without their biological dad in, in the home. That includes some of you. Some of you are just like me. You grew up without a father in your house. Consequently, there is a father factor in nearly all of the societal issues facing America today, and we have a lot of issues. Research shows that when a child grows up in a father-absent home, he or she, by the way, will be four times more likely to live in poverty. I think we have a graphic for you to be able to see there. Uh, they would be more likely to suffer emotional and behavior problems. Uh, there are two times greater risk of infant mortality, more likely to go to prison. One in five prison inmates had a father in prison, uh, more likely to commit crime, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, more likely to face abuse and neglect, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. This is crazy. It's just so wild that, this, that, that the lack of a, a father in a child's life can have this kind of impact. Two times more likely to suffer obesity, two times more likely to drop out of, of high school. Students living in a father absent homes are twice as likely to repeat a grade in school, according to the U.S. Department of Education. Pretty depressing. I don't want to depress us tonight, but those are some of the facts. I read a book once that described four kinds of dysfunctional dads that leads to deep and lasting wounds. Four kinds of dysfunctional dads that lead to deep and lasting wounds. And I wonder as we walk through these different types of fathers, maybe if you have experienced them in your own life. Wounds that are almost impossible for you to shake even after you've grown up and have left home. That includes you while you're here even at college right now. Some of you, you are still so deeply wounded as a college student, as a freshman, as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, as a senior, because of the, the influence of your father or the lack thereof. Four types of dysfunctional dads. One is the never satisfied dad. The, another one is the emotionally distant dad or the absent dad or the ticking time bomb dad. Scripture describes God, by the way, as a different kind of father. Look and listen how the prophet Isaiah describes him in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this is usually a verse that we would go to for Christmas, right? <laughs> but I don't know, unless this is in your Bible, it doesn't say this is just for Christmas only. So it's good all year round. But here's what it says. It says that for a child is born to us. Any guesses what that child's name was? Might want to just shout that out. Good guess. That, that's correct. <laughs> it's Jesus. For child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, many of you know, when you drop down in a verse in a passage of scripture, context is very important. So if you don't mind, if I can just give a, just a few brief details about the context here before I move forward. In 700 BC, before Christ was born, the nation of Israel had overwhelming problems. Does that sound like a nation that you're part of right now? They were surrounded by vicious enemies. The people had forgotten God. Darkness and death and despair had filled the land at this time. What was the solution? Was it a new government leader? Was it uh, an economic reform or a military strategy or an educational system that would turn things around? Well, Isaiah declares right here in this verse, in light of all these things that were going on with the darkness and the death and the despair that was filling the land at that time, he declares that hope will only arrive in a newborn baby whose name was Jesus. How could that be? More, more than that, and more than an unusual baby, he would be a king. Indeed, he would be the king of kings who would rule the world. And this, this baby king would have four titles. And you see that there in Isaiah chapter 9, describing what he could do for us. I wish we had more time to unpack it. But the first title he uses, he says, he'll be a wonderful counselor. This, this is basically, this is a king. The king has all wisdom and understanding. Life's complexities that are beyond us are not beyond Jesus. He uses another title for him. He says he will be called, man, mighty God. Whatever the need, he can do it. He can rescue you. The next one he says is this, everlasting father. Uh, this king is like the loving father in, in the way that he cares for us. He provides, he protects, he shepherds, he cares, he understands, he listens. And then he says he will be called also a prince of peace. Have you seen our land today? Have you seen people? There are so many people around on the planet, not just on the planet, but right on our campus at USF who are living without peace. And peace is found in a person, by the way, whose name is Jesus. Jesus can take your fears. He can take your worries and your guilt and your hopelessness and replace them with this, his peace. In our next few minutes and moments together, I want to contrast each one of those dysfunctional dads, the ones I mentioned earlier with our Heavenly Father, the everlasting Father, Father that Isaiah promised he would be to us. Jesus, he came as that father you've always, and I've always yearned for, by the way. We often project the hurts and hangups we receive from our earthly fathers onto God. But I would say to us tonight, here from Jacksonville, right to where you are at USF, we need to flip that perspective. Instead of seeing God as a heavenly version of our earthly fathers, we need to see our earthly fathers in their faults and in their goodness as flawed representatives of our everlasting father. Let me ask you a few questions here tonight. What is or what was your earthly father like? As you think about him just for a few moments. Maybe some of you, if you were sitting there, if I was sitting there as a college student like yourself tonight, I know for me, I would think to myself, I don't know what my father was like because he wasn't in my life. I never met my dad. What kind of relationship did you have with your father growing up? How about even right now as a young adult? In what ways do you want to be like your earthly father? What do you wish you could change about your earthly father? The good news we find in Jesus, by the way, 
is that our heavenly father is far greater than our earthly fathers. Can somebody say amen in the house? And even the best father is just a shadow of who God is as our father. Each one very unlike our everlasting father. By the way, I believe many, many of you in the room tonight, you would say, man, I got a good dad. I have a dad that's been, he's been in my life. Praise God, man, for your dad. I would encourage you to call him or to text him before the night is over and tell him you love him. Four dysfunctional dads that are, that are unlike our everlasting father. First of all, the never satisfied dad. Let's wrestle with this just for a moment. This is the type of father who is a taskmaster, master, a father whose expectations we could never meet even if we tried. He's the one where you're like, dad, listen, I got an A in, in my class. And he'll say to you, no, 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 no. You, you need to get an A plus in our family. By the way, if you see God as a never satisfied dad, what do you think he sees when he looks at you? Our everlasting father is not holding a list of our failures, praise God, or our shortcomings or our unmet to-dos. No, no, no. To show us an accurate picture. No. Maybe, by the way, you have never heard the words I am proud of you from your earthly father. But I want you to know tonight, God in heaven, our heavenly father, the God of the Bible, he's madly in love with you. He's crazy about you. In fact, listen to these words found in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Here's what it says. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you. I love this part right here. Brian, you would love this too. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Loud singing. Can you imagine that? I mean, let's just talk for a minute. Can you imagine a dad that is so crazy about you that he just follows you where you go? He just sings over you because he just loves you that much. Can you imagine that? I mean, Chrissy, imagine that for a minute. Imagine, okay, your dad just falling around and be like, Chrissy, I just love you. I mean, he, like, he's walking with you in the class, just, just singing over you, you know? I mean, that'd be pretty wild. Zach, can you imagine that, Zach? I mean, like, your dad showing up in your dorm room when you're partying with your friends. He's like, excuse me just for a moment. I need to sing over my son because I just love him so much. Zach, I just love you. I mean, you would think that's pretty crazy. Dad, you can get up out of here. But our Heavenly Father, he says, he loves us that much that he, he, he sings over you with loud singing. Instead of piling work and expectations onto you, God quiets you with his love, according to the scriptures. He's so crazy about you that he sings over you. Can you imagine your dad doing that? The never satisfied dad is a, like a taskmaster, always wanting more for you. God is the opposite. You are his treasure. He created you just how he wanted you to be. He doesn't hold your mistakes against you like you're never satisfied dad. He absorbs them and he renews us. Jesus, by the way, he took the wrath of God for our sins on the cross so that God could look on us with pure, unqualified satisfaction. Do you, do you ache to be special to someone? Because if you do, just know this, you are special to God. Do you yearn to matter? You need to know this, you matter, you matter to him. You matter to God. Do you know how much and how often God thinks about you 
he knew you, scripture says, in, in your mother's womb, a very familiar verse, Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16 says this, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Praise the Lord. Hey, here's the next father real quickly. The next one is this, the ticking time bomb, dad. The ticking time bomb, dad. You ever met him before? You may have experienced a father who was a ticking time bomb, dad. He's slow to show affection, quick to anger. Slow to show affection, quick to anger. God is not a ticking time bomb, dad. Ready to blow up when we don't meet his expectations. Praise God for that. God, your father looks for ways to love you. He is the opposite of a ticking time bomb, dad. Psalm 103 verse eight says this, the Lord is compassionate and merciful slow. He's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. If anyone else in the house is thankful for the unfailing love of God, somebody please shout amen right now. Amen. Unfailing love, no matter what I do today, tomorrow, or don't do, his love will never fail for me or for you. I hope that encourages somebody in the room here tonight. Your everlasting father is compassionate before he is critical. He's compassionate before he is critical. Some of us need to take our cue from our father. For those of us who are believers, more of us need to take more of our cue from him because some of us, we have the gift of criticism. But our father, he is compassionate way before he is critical. He is ready to forgive as soon as you are ready to turn to him in repentance. When he does discipline you, he doesn't do it out of anger. He doesn't lose self-control. He does it out of an overflow of love that only seeks your good. Speak of goodness, Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You don't have to fearfully avoid God. He does not follow you with judgment and simmering anger. His eager love should make us want to be with him rather than hide from him. Hey, here's the next dad real quickly. Our heavenly father is the opposite of an emotionally distant dad. This is the kind of father who was around you your whole life. Some of you, some of you were like me. You physically never saw your dad, but some of you, you seen your father in your household, but he was emotionally distant and it still has an impact in your life as a college student today. This is the kind of dad, again, who was around you your whole life, but you never were close to. You were made to feel that he was too busy for you or that you were not a priority in his life. It, it didn't seem like you were special to him. The Apostle John says, you don't have to worry about that with your father in heaven. See what great love the father has lavished on us so that we should be called the children of God in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. God loves us so much that he could not stand being separated from us. That he sent his son, Jesus, to die in our place so that we might spend eternity with him. God actively works to be near and known and by you. He wants you and I, man, to know him. I'm so grateful. Here in a couple of weeks, we are going to celebrate one of the biggest things that ever happened in, in, in human history, and that is 
not only a father who went to the cross and died for us, but he was placed in a tomb. And this is what is wonderful. We serve a resurrected Christ. He rose from the grave, according to scripture, three days later. Anybody grateful for the live Jesus? Come on, come on, clap your hands, make some noise for that. And Man, as you, uh, as you interact and you talk to all kinds of people on campus, folks will tell you, man, that they, they may follow this God or that God. But I can tell you what, there is only one God who died and came back to life, and his name is Jesus. And, and it says this according to scriptures in John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, everlasting life. Psalm 103, verse 13 says this, The Lord is like a father to his children. He is tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Here's the last dad, whom our heavenly father is the opposite of, and then we'll be finished for tonight. Some of you have uh, had this father before. He's the absent father, an absent father in your life. Maybe they've been absent because they left you when you were young. Maybe they left you because uh, they're no longer, no, longer, no longer physically here because of death. Jesus is the everlasting father who will never turn his back on you, according to scriptures. He will never be taken from you. Death will no longer have the final say-so in, in, his, in his life. He's alive. I've heard it said that children who have had an absent father have lived a life soundtrack of rejection or feelings of unimportance. Do you know, by the way, how a soundtrack works when you're watching a movie? The music behind the scenes help you interpret what's happening in the scene. The same scene, the same actors in the same setting, if you take away the cheerful music behind it and you put in ominous music, then it makes how you interpret what you are seeing completely different. For children with absent fathers, no matter what happens to them, they interpret life based on the backdrop of a soundtrack that is filled with rejection and abandonment. Jesus' life demonstrates to you and to me God's unending, unfailing, never forsaken love for you and for me. Jesus is the everlasting, never stopping, never giving up, always faithful father. He went to a cross to redeem you after you turned your back on him and ran away from him because of your sin. Not just for you, also for me, this scrub here. Psalm 46.10 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Psalm 145, verse 18. I'm just giving you some verses just for your reservoir to encourage you that you can even go back and reflect on later on. Psalm 145, verse 18 says this, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, all who call on him in truth. Here's another one that encourages me. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And I believe even in a room tonight, right there at the BCM, with the number of people who are there, it's possible that someone who's there, you're brokenhearted over some situation that's going on in your life. And you need to know the Lord, he is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He is not absent. He's actively involved. He'll be involved, man, as much as you want him to be. Jesus is our everlasting father. And here's what we can rest assured of as we begin to land the plane tonight. If Jesus did not abandon us when we his were his enemies, killed him, surely there's nothing that can separate us from him. 
our sin rested on his shoulders and he did not walk, walk away. Even death cannot separate us from him. You are more important to, to Jesus than you could ever imagine. The bottom line really is this tonight. In Jesus, we find a father who pursues us with unending and redeeming love. Those areas in your life where you think, man, they could never be redeemed. I'm here to encourage you and tell you tonight, Jesus is able to redeem even those the most wildest areas in your life. I love what it says again in Isaiah chapter 9. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Your, your earthly father may not be interested in you, but I want you to know this tonight, God is. Your earthly father may not desire a relationship with you, and you may desperately want one with him, but God does. Where you need guidance, he wants to be your counselor. Where you lack strength, he wants to be your mighty God. Where you are hurting and bruised because of an earthly father's influence or lack thereof in your life, he wants to be your everlasting father. And where you lack peace, he wants to be the prince of peace in your life. Do you hear God speaking to you tonight? I pray that in some way tonight, as you men hear how God is the complete opposite of these dysfunctional fathers that I mentioned to you tonight, it encourages your spirit and your heart.